Chapter 11 of A Christmas Honeymoon by Francis Amar Matthews. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. What Peter Van Zant Saw in the Parade Ground Not very many days after the little boy had found the key to happiness hanging on the wooden peg in the garret, he was playing snowballs in the park while his grandmother sat on one of the benches and watched him. It was not too cold for this one of the crisp mellow days with sunshine through a yellow veil of mist from the two rivers and not a breeze to stir the leaves beneath one's trend betty was facing the north side looking up she could see the house she was born in with its brick and marble front and its small square panes pink with the curious color touch of time little peter was bounding up to her grandmamma your letter we have not posted it, and Ursul and Marie will be thinking you forgot them if it doesn't get to Limoges by Christmas. Shall I take it to the box, yes? To be sure, I did forget it. And, Pierre, you had better take it over to the Broadway box, dear, you know, the one on the corner by Grace Church. It will go more quickly, perhaps, from there. I will. I will run all the way for Ursul and Marie to have their Christmas letter. No, don't run. I will wait or if i don't i will go straight home if you want to play here a little while longer you may yes yes the child ran off and posted the letter as he turned from the box he paused a moment and stared at the church took a few steps toward the iron railing and peered through the path looked pleasant to pierre de la curot it was possibly because it was in a sense forbidden his hand was on the gate latch and he was bound in when someone said good morning sir the little boy turned to see his new friend waiting for the stage sleigh to come along and take him downtown good morning monsieur i was just going into this church but i will not do you want to go in asked the man in some astonishment for the desire was clearly in the child's renunciation little peter inclined his head why may i ask because grandmamma will not we go always to st clement's in the midi street you know this is a large splendid church i wish to see it it is like france go in by all means then mr van zant opened the gate himself i am not sure the little boy hesitated grandmamma says my grandpapa one of them goes there and he would not wish to see us there Van Zant stood still a second. Then, for even this little child, there was already the strife, the unhappiness of some family discord. But, he responded, your grandpapa will not be here on a Wednesday. No? Then go in and see it, and go home and tell your grandmother, eh? How will that do? He smiled down into the troubled face pierre put out a small mittened hand to his friend and said with you i will go in but mr van zant imperceptibly perhaps started back then looking into the upturned face so full of trust he relaxed and answered you see sir i have not been inside of a church in over twenty-six years the little boy stared and ejaculated but come monsieur yes the man was still reluctant although they were altogether going up the path a moment more and they were ascending the steps little peter tugging with all his might at the door 
looked over his small shoulder and said, Please help me, monsieur. And monsieur helped him. They went in, and hand in hand they walked up the aisle that Peter had walked down with his bride on his arm so long, so long ago. It should be to kneel down, monsieur, yes? Peter Van Zandt knelt down beside the little boy. Presently they rose and came out together. You see, your grandpapa was not there, eh, monsieur le marquis? Van Zandt laughed. No, monsieur, look, look, already the Christmas trees are for sale. The child ran down and through the gate to the street. At the corner, a vendor was hawking a wagon full of evergreen and furs. Little Peter clapped his hands for joy. He had now forgotten his grandfather and the church, immersed in the first signs he had seen in this new country of the customs and mirth of the one where he was born. You are to have a Christmas tree, I suppose. But no, monsieur, not this year. Grandmama thinks Christmas is very sad. He glanced up into the strong and tender face of the man beside him. Do you think that way too, monsieur? Yes, sir, I'm afraid I do. His lips were set. Little Peter stared up wonderingly. That is so strange, you and Grandmama both. Then the little boy suddenly remembered the key to happiness and also recalled that he must hurry away. Goodbye, monsieur. I must go back to the parade ground. Grandmama waits for me. I'll go with you. In some vague fashion, Peter clung to the skirts of this little boy. They walked briskly back to the parade ground. Little Peter surveyed the scene. Grandmama is not here. She did not wait. I have been too long. Goodbye, monsieur. I must hurry. I ask your pardon. I promised. The child ran away catching a slide as he went on a frozen pool, his curls flying, and to be sure, that key to happiness jingling in his pocket, with his top and knife and pennies. Peter Van Zandt watched him quite out of sight. Had he wished, indeed, to meet the grandmother of his new little friend? Had that been why he had come back with this boy? No, no, it was charming to encounter this charming and original child, but his grandmother— the old lady in the stiff brocade with the reticule full of spectacles and knitting needles and lozenges? No. Then, as he decided to cross the park quite to the west side and take a car down as far as Vesey Street, Peter Van Zandt, as he went, saw a figure in brown sitting on a bench near the wooden paling at the north end. A lady in a russet gown and boots, a large mink cape with cuffs and small muff to match, on her brown hair a cap of the same fur brown gloves too she rose he saw that her figure was slim and graceful she turned her face his way although she could not see him for the tree that had prevented little peter from seeing her it was his wife betty van zandt betty as of old resplendent in the rich bursting bloom of her cheeks and lips the softness and dazzle of her blue eyes the curve of her chin, the slope of her shoulders, the long supple line of her from throat to heel. Peter stood perfectly still for a second, then started toward her, then shrank away. Betty had left him. Could he intrude or force himself upon her, take advantage of the open freedom of the streets to address or approach her? By no means.
he stood afar watching her as she apparently watched or waited for someone else for whom suddenly with startling accuracy peter van zandt remembered ashley pshaw ashley was safely married someone else then someone else then for whom betty watched with whom was she going to walk and talk the keen steel of jealousy struck to his heart she was though after all of it his wife and his eyes flashed as the little boys had flashed when his grandmother had cautioned him as to strangers betty was beautiful more radiant vibrant with life and vividness than ever the lines if there were any in her face were the little ones of laughter and her glorious eyes looked forth in the world with all the glad expectancy of youth could a man expect a woman like that not to be loved not to love absurd she was made for love he turned on his heel and left the park a hand organ was droning out when this cruel war is over and all the ballads stuck between the palings fluttered in the breeze he paused there and looked at them vacantly annie laurie ben bolt and the rest then he glanced back to his own house he saw smoke coming from the chimneys he saw the pigeons wheeling above the stable in the rear of the garden the stable to be sure the stalls were empty poppet and peacock the roans that had fetched betty and him back from grace church to the saint nicholas on their wedding day had years since been sent to a farm on long island peter van zandt keeping himself well in hand keeping his face averted from her made another turn went back to broadway and walked all the way down to tattersall's a few days after that the little boy came rushing tumbling in from the garden up to betty's room grandmamma grandmamma there are horses in the stable two speckled and a coachman and they are in the stalls and their names are poppet and peacock just as the names of the old horses you have tell me about betty looked up from her crochet work pierre she exclaimed you must be mistaken but no grandmamma i am not and they are your horses the groom told me so and it is the surprise you make for me is it no 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 betty cried out impetuously no dear it is only that the owner of the stable had probably rented it to someone to whom these new horses belong grandmamma the little boy spoke with some impatience i tell you the groom says they are your new horses and there i hear prancing on the snow before the house he darted to the window see rushing back to drag his grandmother with him look there they are look look i see she saw the coupe put into through order its white linings renewed and a pair of strawberry roans chomping their bits and gaily dancing in the snow before her door magnificent cried the child yours grandmamma perhaps santa claus sends them early because he will be so busy with so many chimneys betty shook her head and drew away is it that we will go out in it now the child pressed her eagerly i am sure the coachman expects it for he put the warm soapstones in for your feet yes no dear it is a mistake she went back to her chair and her wool work yes that it was a mistake 
did peter van zandt think that she was craving his horses and his carriage did he think that she would accept gifts now it was true that she had come back to his house that was because of the little lad of course the little lad whom she could not find it in her soul as yet to reveal to him solely the little lad then betty's crochet needle dropped and something briny bitter fell upon the afghan she was making for little peter's bed if peter van zandt could not did not want to knock at the door of her half of the old house she could not ride in peter van zandt's coupe then it is not for us to get in and promenade to central park or fifth avenue eh grandmamma the child spoke with resignation no dear no no it is a mistake grandmamma knows you will enjoy riding on your hobby horse up in the garret i am sure just as much as in the coupe little peter shook his head but you grandmamma you have no hobby horse what will you do just as before when you go way up to bloomingdale to miss annie's he sighed over the lost joys of real horses as to be preferred to wooden ones betty laughed i will ride in the horse-car to thirty-second street and there the stage waits to take me to bloomingdale you remember peter the little nodded yes madam grandmamma a very pale miserable stage with the horses thin and smoking in the sunshine without blankets i remember pierre de la curole had gone back to the window by this time and his brilliant little face was pressed against the pane grandmamma what is a mistake he at last cried out petulantly even angrily his small fist clenched ready to fight mistakes whatever they might be something wrong that someone has done that is always a mistake who then did something wrong he asked interestedly coming to her side i did you madam grandmere his large incredulous eyes were fixed upon betty's face then he saw the shine of tears and his little arms went about her in coaxing fondness he forgot the strawberry roans and the coupe presently too he felt the key of happiness jingling in his pocket and he said never mind grandmamma i know something with importance something excellent and very extensive she smiled and what is that dear by and by you shall know not yet it will come i know i will wait it is not comfortable to wait remarked the little boy balancing it in his mind whether to tell his grandmother or not about the key to happiness then he recollected that his promise had been given to miss supple not to tell and he moved uneasily on his ottoman until betty answered after one has waited twenty-six years it is not so hard dear oh little peter rolled this over and over in his thoughts until finally he concluded that he would not wait any longer to fit the key christmas must be nearby it was to be before christmas that he was to fit the key when was christmas grandmamma when will be the christmas in three days dear and he had agreed with supple that it was to be fitted when madame grandmamma should be very busy with her books and pens or else when she had gone up to bloomingdale grandmamma 
When will you go up to Bloomingdale? I'm going up there on Christmas Eve, dear, just for a little while to have dinner with Miss Annie and Mr. Davies, and afterwards to St. Michael's Church. The little boy's face fell. Betty saw it and misdivined the cause. Grandmama's not going to take you up there with her because there are no little boys and girls to play with. On that night you are to go to the Ogdens for a merry time. Little Peter now forgot the key to happiness completely. Will Miss Polly Manier be there, Grandmama? I expect so. She is going to marry Mr. Lawrence Ogden, you know. Then I will not go. The little boy stamped his copper-toed shoe vehemently. But, Pierre, why not? Because, Grandmama, if, if I were Cain and Mr. Lawrence Ogden Abel, I would kill him. Peter Van Zandt de la Cure. Yes, Madame Grandmère, I would. You must not say this or think such things. Why do you? Because, the child almost suffocated with his emotions, Miss Polly is which I love and have promised to marry me, and it is wicked for Mr. Lawrence to steal her from me. As usual, when deeply moved, the child's use of his second language was perturbed. But, Pierre, dear child, Miss Polly was only in fun. Don't you know you are a little boy and not to marry anyone for years and years? In fun? The child repeated wonderingly, and the woman inclined her head. How many years? he asked solemnly. Twenty-five or thirty? So many? Yes. Boys do not get to be whole men until that long. Oh, he thrust his now relaxed fist deep in his pocket. To be sure, the key of happiness was lying there, warm and safe. But, Grandmama, all the same, I will not go to the Ogdens. I will stop here with the Pussycats and Bridget and the Butler. Very well, dear. Betty was wise with him and always let him guide himself when she could. I am going to the Ogdens for dinner this evening. Will you mind? It is the first time Grandmama has dined out since we came to America. Little Peter said no placidly. Then, with an accession of joy, he began to hop about the room, to clap his hands, to pull the ears of Paganini, and to sing with delight. He remembered that he could fit the key while his grandmother was away, and that when she got home, he would have happiness ready to bestow upon her. End of chapter 11